Hello everyone, welcome to the series More Than Conquerors. This series is about overcoming and conquering fear. Today we will have a brief review of last week's episode one on how our hero overcame and conquered his fears in war. Then we will proceed to episode two today and talk about another hero, Barak, who overcame his fears and defeated his enemy in battle with the help of God and two women. My name is Stephanie Wright. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today in our series, More Than Conquerors, Episode 2, Stuck in the Mud, subtitled Nailed It, coming from the book of Judges, Chapter 4. God has given us a handbook on how to conquer fear, and that handbook is the Bible. Before we get started, let's briefly talk about what we learned from episode one in this series, Interview with a Warrior. Our guest was Apostle Charles G. Wright, and he shared his experiences on conquering fear in wartime on the battlefield. If you missed this first episode, you need to listen to it. Some of the things we learned from this experience that he had and the discussion include, one, overcoming fear is a learned process. It does not happen immediately. We witnessed Apostle Charles's transformation from his first night in Vietnam to a war hero as he experienced battle and confronted fear. Two, we learned to overcome fear by associating with people who have overcome fear. Apostle Wright was assigned to a group of fighters called the Wolf Hounds who were fearless. Three, we speak what God speaks, not what the enemy speaks. Apostle Charles shared how someone told him he would not come back from Vietnam alive, and he said, yes, I will, without hesitation. Four, we must confront our fears, not run from them, otherwise they will keep returning. Five, we remember our prayers and God's promises to us. Apostle Charles remembered the prayer he prayed to come home from Vietnam whole. And when he remembered that prayer, he rejected the spirit of death that had come into his room. He not only rejected it, he had no fear when he did. And finally, we touched a little on the roots of fear where and with whom it started. So let's start today's discussion with a little more detail on that subject, the roots of fear. After Adam and Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, their eyes were opened and they saw their nakedness. Genesis chapter three, verses seven through 10. Then God called for Adam, Adam hid. But when he finally answered God, he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. 
His spiritual covering was removed, and now his nakedness exposed fear and other human emotions. Fear was the first emotion exposed after man sinned, which may be the reason it is the favorite tool of the devil to try to intimidate us. That is also why the topic of fear is so prevalent in the Bible. I know we sometimes get tired of hearing it, but God said he has not given us the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. So if God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, then the devil must be the one trying to give it to us. We have to recognize fear and put it in its place, just like God does in the Bible accounts we are going to share in this series. God has given us his spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. So if someone is saying or doing or has said or done things to you that make you feel unloved, make you feel weak and powerless, and your mind is attacked with thoughts of defeat and worthlessness, that is not God. It's time to conquer fear and put the devil where he belongs, under your foot. Romans 16, verse 20. And the peace of God shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. As we proceed through Judges chapter 4 and this episode on fear, ask yourself, of whom and what is Barak afraid? How did he conquer his fear? Finally, how can we apply this process? And it was a process for Barak, just as it was for Apostle Charles. How can we apply this process for conquering fear to our own lives? Starting at Judges chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. And the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, that reigned in Hazor, the captain of whose host was Sisera, which dwelt in Harasheth of the Gentiles. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, for he had nine hundred chariots, that is Sisera, nine hundred chariots of iron, and twenty years he mightily oppressed the children of Israel, that is the king of Canaan oppressed them. So a judge named Ehud delivered the Israelites from their enemies, the Moabites, a heathen group of people who were idol worshipers. But after Ehud died, the Israelites sinned again against God. Most likely, they were deliberately disobedient to God's commands, which was typical for the Israelites. However, as we have said in past presentations, we are no different. If we are disobedient to God's commands, we cry out to God too. Hopefully, we do not make a habit of being deliberately disobedient. So, the Israelites are now sold into slavery again, this time to Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned over Hazor. This time period is around 1100 to 1200 years before the birth of Christ. There are disputes as to the exact time. Sisera was King Jabin's captain over his military. The Israelites had been enslaved for 20 years by this Canaanite king and were mightily oppressed by them. 
Now, there aren't any specific details as to what kind of oppression they endured. However, we know fear is not only an oppressive spirit, it is a weapon used to make people submit to higher powers and to lesser powers, bullies, for instance. The Israelites were afraid of the 900 chariots of iron controlled by the Canaanites. The Bible says fear has torment, and torment is definitely oppressive, but perfect love casts out fear. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. So King Jabin and his captain Sisera possessed 900 chariots of iron in their arsenal and were not afraid of Barak, Israel's military leader. But Barak was afraid of them and their 900 chariots. This is a reminder to us that we have to use faith to see beyond an adversary's tools of intimidation. We are to walk by faith, not sight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. Better yet, when you have a choice, don't look at the tools of intimidation. Let's move on to Judges chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. And Deborah, a prophetess of the wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel at that time. And she dwelt under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in Mount Ephraim. And the children of Israel came to her for judgment. And she sent and called Barak, the son of Abinoam, out of Kadesh Naphtali, and said unto him, Hasn't the Lord God of Israel commanded you and said, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with you ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali and of the children of Zebulun? And I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into your hand. Deborah was first listed as a prophetess, Judges 4.4. 4. She listened to the people, but she also listened to God. The scripture does not say anybody told Deborah what God told Barak. Nobody had to because God told her what he said to Barak. So she sends for Barak and spells out to him what God said, how God commanded him to go forth, how he would deliver Sisera into his hand. Emphasis should be put on the word deliver, because that is precisely what God will do, deliver Sisera to Barak. Barak had to hear the words of God repeated to him, and he would have to receive them from Deborah. As you look closely at verses 6 and 7, you see the power of the word and. God said, I will do this and I will do that. Deborah is telling Barak in so many words, this battle hasn't even gotten started, but it is already over because God has spoken. Your greatest weapon is not your military might but God's words. God not only told Barak he was going to be victorious, God told him how he would be victorious over Sisera and King Jabin. We should not be too critical of Barak because we are not very different from him. In fact, we are Barak. We are not always the paragon perfect example of power when we face a spiritual battle. Barak drew on Deborah for a source of strength. But we have our Bibles, Bible studies, church, television, social media, and more to remind us of what God says.
But as prophetic as Deborah was, as politically connected as she was as a judge, she could not take the army into battle against the Canaanite army and Sisera. It is the same for us. We are God's hands and feet. We are the ones who have to fight the battles in the earth through the Holy Ghost. Jesus is not coming down from heaven to fight our battles. He is seated at the right hand of God as our intercessor. We have to fight the battles in the earth through the Holy Ghost. Deborah was that vessel chosen to speak into Barak's spirit and bring out the fight in him. She did not put him down and make him feel inferior, but instead gently reminded him what God said he would do. She helped him to hear God's voice. Jesus said in John 10, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And in John 10, 27, the sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Let us be the voice of God to help others when they are facing battles in life. Judges chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. And Barak said unto her, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you won't go with me, then I won't go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Notwithstanding, the journey that you take shall not be for your honor. For the Lord shall sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. So, Barak says he will go, but he wants Deborah to go with him, and that's okay. Deborah is like Christ. Jesus said he would never leave us nor forsake us. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. He also sent the Holy Ghost back to this earth to indwell us and guide us in spiritual warfare as our strengthener, advocate, counselor. John 14 and 16. We had better not try to fight against haters, herders, and the devil without the Lord on our side. Barak was wise in that he admitted he needed help. There is nothing wrong with admitting when we need help. I spoke with a friend one time who had to admit that God told her her refusal to accept help when people offered it was pride. God told her, when people come to you, you tell them, oh no, I don't need your help. I don't need your help. She was just worn out because she needed help but refused to admit it. She finally yielded in this one situation and accepted help from the right people, of course. Bark was being humble, especially because this was a woman he was asking for help. King Jabin and Sisera, on the other hand, did not appear to be humble. They were trusting in their military might, their 900 iron chariots. They also did not have the God of Israel on their side. Their source of strength were their idol gods, one of whom was Baal. When our enemies flex their muscles of threats and intimidation, we counter their actions and words with God's words. We should reject their lies, visual or spoken, by telling God we trust and believe him and remind God what he said in Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against me in judgment I shall condemn. 
This is my inheritance as your servant, for you said you are my righteousness. We don't spend time arguing with the devil. We just take the word of God and throw the word of God right back in the devil's face, just like Jesus did when he was tempted in the desert. After Barak agreed to go to battle, Deborah told him in Judges 4 9 that the glory of this battle will not go to you, but it will instead go to another woman. And Deborah wasn't talking about herself. She was talking about somebody else. You are the military leader, but God is going to give honor to whom honor is due. And that is a woman. So in any event, they went into battle. In Judges chapter 4 verses 10 through 13, Barak is obedient to God and does what God told him to do. He gathers 10,000 men to Kadesh. Deborah goes with him. And just as God said, Sisera went to Mount Tabor with his 900 chariots of iron with all his armies in pursuit of Barak. The trap is set. Judges chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. And Deborah said unto Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Is not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him. And the Lord discomfited Sisera and all his chariots and all his host with the edge of the sword before Barak, so that Sisera lighted down off his chariot and fled away on his feet. But Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host unto Harasheth of the Gentiles. And all the host of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword, and there was not a man left. Barak continues to be obedient to God, albeit not without Deborah by his side. And if you read and research this battle, God drew those 900 chariots to the river Kishon. And he brought a heavy rain, a deluge, that caused those chariots to get stuck in the mud. Read Judges chapter 5. But let's look back and let's see just how Barak was transformed. Remember, he didn't even want to go to battle. But then, when he was obedient to God, we see in chapter 4, verses 16, how Barak pursued after the chariots and after the hosts and after Sisera, after Sisera ran off like a coward. Yes, this man Barak became fearless. Barak became a true warrior who overcame his fears. He became more than a conqueror. The thing that was supposed to be Sisera's strength, the thing that Barak feared so much, the 900 chariots of iron, ended up being Sisera's weakness. God discomfited Sisera, meaning he crushed him. He destroyed him. That's just how God turns things around to favor his children, to favor you, to favor me, to favor us, and confound our adversaries. Sisera should have won that battle with all his chariots and men, but God took what the world would consider foolish, a whole lot of rain, to confound this great military leader, Sisera.
First Corinthians chapter one, verse 27 says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. We have to understand that we can't be fearful when the enemy tries to puff himself up and tries to make himself look so big, bad, and delicious and wants us to fear him. When God speaks, it is already manifested because he is his word and he esteems his word higher than himself. Psalm 138 and 2 says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. God spoke and when God speaks, we should listen. God said he would deliver Sisera into Barak's hand and he did. All the host of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword and there was not a man left. And all means all, and that's all that all means, as I heard a young man say one time. In Judges 4.17, we see Sisera running away from the battle to the tent of a woman named Jael. Sisera thought because there was peace between Jabin, who ruled over the province of Hazor, he would be safe in the tent of Jael and her husband. So, when the battle started, Sisera got up and ran, leaving his men behind because he feared death. This bully who tried to instill fear in others was now turned coward, abandons his men, and is living in fear. So, he runs to Jael's tent and asks for some water. Now, listen to the wisdom of this woman, Jael. She first greets him. And apparently seeing the fear in his eyes, because you know, your eyes give away a lot. She tells him, fear not. His guard is down. He believes he can trust this woman. Then asking for water to drink, she instead gives him milk because she knew it would help him to sleep. For those of you who do not know, there is a natural nutrient in milk called tryptophan that does help you to sleep. Then further to induce sleep, she warms him with a covering. Sisera got comfortable. Don't ever get comfortable when you are in a battle unless you know you can trust the people who are supposed to be protecting you. Don't ever get comfortable with the devil. And for the record, I am not calling Jael a devil, although Sisera, if he could, would not agree. Why did Sisera not have sense enough to know that when Jael gave him milk instead of water, something was wrong? His antenna should have gone up. He lost his ability to think with a sound mind. Again, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 Fear will rob you of your ability to use good reason, to think soundly. Verse 21, then Jael, Hebrew's wife, took a nail of the tent and took a hammer in her hand and went softly unto him and smote the nail into his temples and fastened it into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary. So he died. Okay, so Jael gives Sisera milk, knowing it will cause him to fall asleep. 
covered him, and then that sister took a hammer in her hand and went softly into him, and she hammered that tent nail into his temples and fastened it to the ground. And, well, you know, they didn't really need to say he died. I think we could have figured that out, but it does say he died. Judges 4, 21. Well, shouldn't she really be the one who coined the phrase, nailed it? Okay, but seriously, Jael reminds me of what the Holy Ghost is reminding us of, that Jesus nailed it all to the cross. All of our fears, worries, concerns, whatever, Jesus nailed it to the cross, and then he rose in victory, and the Holy Ghost came back to remind us to help us remember that it was all of our fears and everything were nailed to the cross. Verse 22, so when Barak shows up, Jael tells him she has something to show him. And sure enough, as Deborah prophesied, the glory went to a woman. There lay Sisera, dead, fallen to a woman named Jael. This chapter closes with the children of Israel capturing and destroying King Jabin of Canaan. And they prosper in the land. In Judges chapter 5, Deborah and Barak sing praises to God for the victory and sing praises of Jael. So, once again, God delivers his people from their enemy. Barak conquers his fear and prevails in battle with the help of Deborah and Jael and, of course, the help of the Lord. Israel is free of 20 years of Canaanite oppression. And King Jabin and Sisera fall prey to the same fear they perpetrated against God's people after their chariots and gods were destroyed by our God and his miraculous interventions. Like Barak, we too are conquerors who prevail over the devil, our enemies, and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the power of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. We prevail by listening to God, speaking what he speaks, and following through with what he speaks to us. And remember, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, who loves us. Romans chapter 8, verse 37. Thank you for joining us today in this new series, More Than Conquerors. We are studying, overcoming, and conquering fear in this series. Join us next week when we will look at another warrior who overcame fear and destroyed the works of the enemy. This is Stephanie Wright. May God's love peace, and protection be with you until next time.